Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed episode 19. Uh, we continue our interview with Shelley Howard. This is the second week of classes. In the news, we have vessels set to be sunk on the Alex Carlson Reef. Gray whale cut free from fishing nets in Dana Point Harbor. Killer seaweed is threat to coral reefs. Scuba diving organization sues the web forum. And uh, we have an article on crystal caves. So, as always, I want to introduce my co-host, Jim, except for he's not here this week. He had an engagement and he wasn't able to make it. So, we'll miss him and have him in next week, but no worries. Filling in for Jim, we have our mentor, Don McEnany. How you doing, Don? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Glad you could come on. I was, I was hoping I would see you pop in the chat room and, and get you on tonight. It's It's been a crazy week here. We had storm last night so i get home about an hour before the show and i i didn't think i was going to be able to get on the internet so did, were you able to fare through that storm without any problems uh not a problem uh everything's working fine i generally do turn it off during the lightning storms though it's a good idea if i had done that i might be a little bit better off <laughs> but like we said in the intro we have uh a guest this week again we have shelly howard how are you tonight shelly i'm great thank you how are you i'm doing well uh, so uh, I understand that this was your last week of the open scuba class before you do your open water portion. Uh, how did that go? Oh, I loved this week. It was fun. Um, Monday night's class was fun. Last night's class was a little more challenging, but it was still good. I got a lot out of it. So what kind of skills did they work on with you on Monday? Uh, excuse me. Uh, neutral buoyancy, doing the fin pivot. Okay. Oh goodness! I'm trying to remember everything we did on Monday. There's so much. Did you did you have to do your swimming this week? Yes, I did that last night. So how did that go? It went good, exhausting, but it went good. Got it done. Great. And then you did the tread water, treading water also. Yep, we did that. And then right after that, we went into uh, snorkeling, snorkeling down to the bottom. And, and I was I was already so wiped out from the swim. Oh yeah. That it uh, took me a few tries to get it, but I got it. Okay. Did you get a chance to try any new gear this week? I did. I tried the women's BCD, which had an, also had a new regulator set up. And then and it didn't have the console, you know, on your on your regulator. You know, you have your regulators in your console. and mm -hmm. So I wore it on my wrist instead. Oh, okay. So they had, they had like a sending unit that was in your, uh, and so you could check your pressure gauges from your, your on your wrist? Uh-huh. Oh, wow, that's nice. Yeah, that that part was kind of nice, but I don't really like the rear bladder in the in that version of the, that BCD that I wore. It changed your trim a little bit in the water. It did, yeah. And and where did you have to wear your weights with that? Were they integrated into the BCD? Well, it, it does have a weight integrated system, but I didn't have any any weights in those. I put the weights from my belt in some pouches in the back uh -huh. of the BCD. Yeah, kind of stabilized me. Okay. So you're not really a fan of it? No, I kind of like having buoyancy all around me Okay. instead of just at the back. That, that's understandable. I've, I've heard that uh, some people who dive, who've tried some of the tech rigs, which they have the wings in the back, kind of say the same thing. It kind of leans you forward in the water a little bit. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. But at least I tried it. Yeah, it's, it's good to try. How, how did you like the fit of it? You know, if, if you weren't concerned with buoyancy, did you like the fit better in the women's BCD? I mean, it was about the same. I mean, I didn't really notice too much of a difference. Okay. I, I know there is one, but it, I didn't. That part didn't really affect me too much. Yeah. 
Don, do you know many people who are who are using the women's BCDs? Uh, the only ones were Lucy, Ken's uh-huh. wife. Yep. She had that because uh, I used to borrow it. It's nice, pretty pink. Uh-huh. Uh, but hey, pink doesn't matter. You know, color doesn't matter. It's utility. Exactly. Uh, but that's it. Okay, Shelly. So, uh, so you, the BCD the, and was the regulator any different this time? Um, I actually noticed when I got done at the end of the night, my jaw really hurt. Okay. As opposed to, to the other night, so I guess now, it must have fit in my mouth differently. It, it can. Bite, I go the ahead. Bite is a big one right there. That's one of those items when you get your own regulator. You want to make sure you get a nice bite that fits your jaw. Yeah. You can get those compression ones. It'll actually. You know, you sort of heat them up, you put them in your mouth, you bite down. That'll make oh. that jaw fatigue go away and make a big difference when you're doing long dives. Oh, good to know. I didn't know that. And, and did the other be, the other regulators you have, did they have like a swivel? I've sometimes seen some of those. I don't know if you happen to notice where it's like a little tiny, almost like a ball joint next to the regulator. And it sometimes takes that torque off if you got a, a hose that's real stiff under pressure. It sometimes feels like a, you're you're fighting your head with it. Uh, no, I didn't notice. Okay. I didn't notice, but good to know. Yeah. I wouldn't have known otherwise. So I'll look when when I go for our open water cert on the twenty second. I'll look. Okay. And ask about it. Now I I read as you were posting on Twitter that you thought your buoyancy was better this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, much better, much much better. And I was actually able to to get buoyancy with this new BCD last night. But yeah, oh, much made all the difference in my experience down there. Much better. Well, that's great. It's it's good to, to you know, just, just, you can see the improvement each week uh, where you're getting a little bit more comfortable. Oh, yeah. So, uh, how about any other skills that you learned this time? Did you do any of the mass clearing? Yes, yes, we did that. I'm thinking that was probably Monday night's class, but I can't remember very well. We did it again last night. We had to swim without our mask um, last night. We had to take off our BCD underwater and put it back on. Okay. And do that last night, and then you know take off your weight belt and put it back on underwater. Okay. We did that. I just for some reason I can't remember the skills we did on Monday, but I know I just loved that class. I had so much fun. Uh, how, how about the book work? You, you probably had to do a little bit of some testing with the tables. Yeah, and tables are something I need to work on. I don't, I'm not real bad at it, but I want to, I want to get better at it. Okay. So you, Practice you, you're, but you're able to get the the concept of the pressure groups and yeah, and and the surface interval and how that affects your next dive time. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now now that you've got the the class out of the way, what's What's next? You have your your open water. Yes, I do my open water on the twenty second and the twenty third of the crater. Okay. And I'm hoping to move on to my advanced. And I, and I think I told you that the it's a boat trip to the Catalina Islands, but it's actually the San Clemente Islands. Oh, okay. And that's uh, July seventh through the tenth. Great. And then, of course, you're going to try and fit some dives in between. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Then and you hope. <laughs> well, I want to get my gear, and then I'm gonna, you know, talk to my, excuse me, dive shop up there and see you know, what there is to do and find a buddy to go with. Certainly. But, but nah. Yeah, I, I do want to. Do. I, I I bet you'll you won't have any problem finding a buddy. Uh, how, how's everybody else in the class doing? Really good. There's a a, a brother and sister teenagers in the class, and it is so fun to watch them pick on each other under the water. 
oh, they're wow. waiting for their turn to, you know, to, <laughs> to do the skill. Um, they just, they're just so funny. <laughs> they're having a lot of fun. Well, that's good. So, How uh, many people were in your class? There were seven. Uh, very small and manageable? Yeah, pretty much. The last two classes, he had an assistant. The, the instructor had an assistant with him. But that's just because, you know, we had to swim to a certain part of the pool and back. And so the, the assistant was at the other at the end of the pool to watch us to make sure we were doing things right. Now, was the instructor, the assistant in the water, or are they doing most of it from outside? They're in the water with us. Okay, that's nice. I, I've, I've seen it done both ways. I've seen, you know, normally not uh, the first night, but, you know, after, at a certain point in the class, especially in some of the pool stuff, they'll they'll let you go. Kind of on your own. Now, how deep is the deepest part of that pool? Uh, it's 12 feet. 12 feet. Okay. Okay. So that, that crater will be nice. And then, then again, that's that's warm. We'll, we'll have a link to that, that place again in the show notes. But 90-some uh, degrees, I, I don't even know if I can fathom that. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> that's illegal, isn't it? I, I think so, Don. I think, it, I think it has to be. Plus, I think it voids the warranty of all your equipment when it gets that warm. It'd be scary to me. I'm not quite sure I'd want to do that. <laughs> so, so Mac, in in the Great Lakes, what's the warmest water temperature you can remember? The warmest? Yeah. Actually, we've had it in the 80s, but that was due to an upwelling in one of those uh, dog days of August. But it's very, very rare to get something like that. Yeah. I'm going to say, I, I'm trying to remember all last year. I don't know if we got, I think we did have some 60s. And some of the lakes, you know, lakes are not bad. You can get those pretty good until you hit that first thermocline at about 15 feet. Yeah. Actually, you're starting to get a thermocline now in Pawpaw at about 24. Wow. So it is getting warmer. Yep. Thank goodness. <laughs> So, Shelly, what are you looking forward to? Uh, you know, you're you're probably. Are you think you're going to be able to get anything in before your open water? Or they they have any extra, or is it going to be the open waters the, the next time you're going to be able to get wet? I'm thinking the open water is going to be the next time I'm going to get wet. Okay. Also, because I have things going on here at the house with new flooring being put in, so. Oh yeah. I'm not I, really going to have the time to do it between now and then, but. Well, you see that—that's exactly when you need to dive. Is when you're doing stuff like that. It's a good stress reliever, <laughs> as you're as you're worrying about the contractors and what they're doing in the house. Yeah, luckily I will be here watching them. <laughs> yeah, I bet they love that too. <laughs> have somebody watching, watching over them. Well, they came in one day, and I, I did have to stay outside with the dog, and I had just bought a big tub of uh, grape tomatoes for my uh-huh. dog. And I came in, and they were about half gone. Oh, after the, they left. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, wh- what are you most looking forward to after you've got your certification? Just being able to, to just go. I mean, I just I just want to get in the water and experience as much as I can. You know, I'm going to get the certs that you need in your advanced cert, or you know, the skills that you need in that. But just to have time in the water, I think the more I'm in, the more I learn. Okay. To, to jump ahead a little bit, uh, for the advanced certification, you're going to have to pick out some specialty dives. Have you given any thought to what those will be? I have a little bit, and of course I don't have it sitting right in front of me because there were so many choices, but I know one of them I do want to take the high altitude. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. have that one for sure. Um, 
I think photography was another one. That's that's a good one. A nice thing about that it gives you a good excuse for getting a camera. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember what the other one was because because I have quite a few choices, so I'm kind of debating which ones I want the most right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so trying. I'll to... just. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I just can't decide what what I want to take now. You know, right off the bat, I think the most important ones first, and then. So, what kind of diving opportunities do you have there? Is it ponds, rivers, lakes, quarries? What do you have in lakes. your area? I'm sorry, lakes. Are they deep lakes. ones? Are they man-made or what? Uh, a few of them are man-made lakes. You know, dammed rivers. Um, we have you know high altitude, high, higher lakes here in the Alpine, and then you go down to southern Utah. That's high altitude too, but it's a different landscape down there. It's more desert in southern Utah. And there's Lake Powell down there, which is a really big lake. Are your lakes shallow along the sides and then go really deep? Do you know? I don't know yet. I'm sure I will find out. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure if you go diving with a you know your your a group there that. You'll find somebody who's got some experience in those bodies of water who can give you some pointers. Yeah, it sounds like they do it quite often there, the dive shop. <clears throat> so, uh, as far as gear, you you said that you're interested in getting some gear. Have you, you know, you've decided that the 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 women's BCD probably isn't for you. But what are you looking at for the rest of the gear? Are you thinking about uh, jumping right into a dive computer and a whole setup, or you're going to kind of try and keep it light at first. I'm probably going to try and keep it kind of s- simple at first until I get more experience. Because I want to have, I don't want to be distracted distracted down in the water with new equipment that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably start off pretty simple first. Okay. Then I get more comfortable in the water, then I'll move, move on to other things. Okay. Now, do you, do you are you happy, happy with the gear you've been able to rent so far? Well, we haven't rented any yet we we just use what they have in the class mm-hmm. and i think i've tried on three or four masks and none of them have been my favorite ah and yeah so well, well sometimes uh and i'm sure it's kind of the same way out out there but if you get some uh gear that you like especially like if there's some in the open water and it's a fairly good condition sometimes if you talk to the dive shop uh they'll sometimes sell you that exact gear at a discount so that's also something to consider. A lot of a lot of shops this time of year are are rotating out. They like to get all new gear in once a year. So there's some opportunities there for stuff that's it's been used but uh, still got a little bit of life in it. Yeah, they mentioned that they were having a, a big sale going on right now. They said that doesn't you normally go on, they don't normally go on sale too often, but when they do, tell people to come take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the VCD that I had on last night with the with its own computer that I was telling you about, or the oh, okay. regulator with its own computer. Yep. I think he said that was on sale until the end of the month. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's always a good uh, good place for your dive shop to be selling to your, your current students. Uh, got a captive audience there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad it sounds like you had a good experience so far in, in the, in the pool and, uh, it's going to be a little bit different once you get out into the actual open water, but it sounds like you've got some some good basic skills started, and everything's going to go well, and you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you already have your logbook? I do. 
So you start logging your open water dives next week then, huh? That's right, yep. There's another new skill to learn. Uh, write down too much information. That's It's better than I haven't enough. Yeah, that's what uh, the instructor said. Yeah. Write down I, as much as you can. Yeah, I, I've kind of gotten used to uh, doing my logbook online where I actually uh, uh, keep it posted on a website. Then that way I, I let the computer do all the work for me. Ah, that's one nice thing about it, huh? Let the computer do the work. Yes. Okay, so let's go ahead and sneak our way into the news here. Uh, at first, I thought it was going to be kind of a light scuba week or a scuba news week, and that was mostly due to me not being able to look at the news. Uh, on Monday, I checked a little bit out, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, there was a there was a lot of tragedies, and if you're really interested in those, you can go search Google. Uh, but that's uh, we're just not going to cover them this week on the show. Uh, there's some more positive things about scuba diving we can cover. Uh, the first article is the vessel set to be sunk on the Alex Carlson Reef. Uh, Don, did you get to see any of the uh, the the posts? No, I haven't. Don, I have not seen yet. Okay. So uh, this one, and I and I sent it to you in your in your email if you want to take a peek. But this is the uh, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protections, a division of Fish and Wildlife, has announced that 68-foot steel-hulled vessel, the McGinty, is slated for deployment on the Alex Carlson Reef, and that was as of May 7th. So, uh, hopefully by now it's sitting on the bottom. Uh, they were deploying it as part of their natural reef program, and it's about four and a half miles southeast of uh, the Manasquan Inlet in Mammoth County. And they expect about 150 species of fish and marine life to be gathering around it. And they expect it to serve the fishing industry for at least 50 years. One of the notes that they had in the article, which I thought was interesting, is they were warning any commercial fishers who have their gear in this area, move it or or risk having it destroyed. So I'm not sure what kind of gear they have down. I don't know if they got some sort of pots or something that they got along the bottom. But if you had gear there, uh, it may be too late. Let's see, and then we've got the next article is uh, a gray whale is cut free from fishing nets. It's always bad anytime we Recorded live. <laughs> well, well, that's about time. Actually, we're in the middle of recording. So, uh, Don, how's that for a delay? <laughs> Well, at least I heard somebody's voice, I remember. <laughs> it did take me by surprise, just a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, they, I think they're having a little technical problems there, but uh, uh, we'll have the, edit, the show edited and, and out, and it'll all be good. So, uh, ba- back to this article, gray whales cut free from fishing nets in Dana Point Harbor. And uh, what it was is they're a distressed gray whale, and it, it was in a thick snarl of fishing nets, and it took... Uh, for two days, and it was cut free this Wednesday afternoon and returned to the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it took about four hours for the team of marine animal rescue workers to remove the rope that had been knotted around the whale's head and tail. Uh, Tim Sullivan of the Ocean Institute in uh, Dana Point said, uh, as the ropes were cut away, the, the whale began to breathe more easily and was able to swim. So the whale was approximately 40 feet in length and weighed 30 tons. So I'm imagining this had to be uh, 
you know, a heck of a animal to, to try and be working on. Uh, the crew did, uh, trained the, a crew trained in detangling marine animals from the nets was on the scene and assistance and, uh, the rescue workers from SeaWorld and the ocean Institute of Dana point. So the next article is going to be killer seaweed is a threat to coral reefs. What this article was, was going on to say was that they were, they were noticing that, uh, some types of seaweed when they grow near coral reefs, we're actually killing the coral. Several common species of seaweed uh, are, are considered to be serial killers. The weeds dispatch the coral with a deadly chemical uh, when the two common co- come in contact on the seafloor. Uh, and, and some are concerned that this killer seaweed is a threat to coral reefs. And so they say when you combine that with effects of pollution and climate change, that uh, it's just another challenge that the coral's got to overcome. Uh, what they're blaming this on is that the overfishing has allowed the seaweed to proliferate and become increasing danger to coral. Uh, other seaweeds, uh, this, this new type of seaweed said took a little, just a little over two days of contact in the coral to destroy it. And what it would do is it bleached the coral and it died. They said other seaweeds took up to 20 days to harm coral or caused no damage. Uh, they said ultimately 70% of the seaweed species studied had harmful effects when they were in direct contact with the coral. The next article is scuba diver organizer sues web forum after debate over a scuba death. Uh, this is one that's been in the news for a while. Uh, this, this is a dive tour operator who had, I'll wait for this article to pop up here. Uh, this was uh, a suit against uh, Scuba Board, and uh, there's a discussion about uh, a fatality that happened and the travel agency, Maldives Scuba Diving, that uh, organized and potentially ran the trip. Uh, and, and the conversation uh, spiraled out of control. Persons who owned the travel agency decided to sue just about everyone, according to this article, including Scuba Board. Uh, in general, for scuba board, it's considered it's going to be a quick, uh, they're calling Section 230, which must be some legal uh, jumbo, but uh, they said it will be dismissed on safe harbors are expecting. The tough thing about it is that the scuba board has to defend against the case, and that's going to cut into uh, some funds. So they're actually working on raising money to be able to cover their court, court cost. Uh, so they, they said there may be some cases against individual posters, but comments sound out your ordinary comments on, on uh, these message forms, and most likely they'll be thrown out of court. And then this, this last one is, uh, is an article that Shelley brought up, and uh, you, you're going to have to visit the show notes and take a look. Uh, this is from Advanced Diver Magazine, and they have an article on cave diving. And it's just absolutely amazing uh, the the caves that they show in there. D- Don, have you done any cave diving? I've done caving back when I was a little younger, <laughs> uh, but not not cave diving per se. Uh huh. I like caving, and that is a lot of fun. So I can imagine when they do get flooded, that could be awesome. But you definitely are talking some advanced type diving and a lot of classes. A lot of experience. Yeah, it's something I want to try someday. I, I'm still 
a long ways away from it. But when you look at these photos, it's just, it, everything looks like it's floating. You know, the it's divers all, look, like, looks like they're in air. And then, of course, uh, a lot of these are uh, closed-circuit rebreathers. So, I mean, there's no bubbles. That's a big plus when you're working in a cave or even in a, in a, in a confined area because you're not going to mess up and start an algae bloom or particulate bloom mm -hmm. if you're in a closed space. So those are pretty good, not to mention it gives you a lot more time. Yeah, that, that's what I was wondering. I mean, that has to – I mean, I, I understand they still have the rule of thirds, but that has to play into uh, your time and where you go a little bit to have that, that extra capacity. Well, you don't want to go any further in than your uh, bailout bottle can get you back out with. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure many of these, I'm trying to see in the picture, it's kind of hard to tell, but, oh yeah, th yeah, this one, they, he's got, looks like he's using two, if it's not 80s, then maybe they're 60s for bailouts, or at least they're, they're maybe they're slide, they're slide, side mounted, so maybe this is, this picture is not a rebreather diver, but. Amazing. Well, even on the rebreathers, you're going to sling your bottles because you're going to have extras. Right, right. Some of these formations are as old as 350,000 years, and some are as young as 13,000 years. Uh, and they got uh, features such as soda straw, stalactites, stalagmites, gravity-defying helotites, and stuff that grows in weird directions. So if you want to see any of this, uh, head, out, head out to the show notes and click on the link, and it's great. Uh, I don't subscribe to this magazine, but I think I might have to. Uh, it's Advanced Diver Magazine, so uh, they they usually have a good article they post. Last month was on uh, Mexican caves they were looking for, and they were actually dropping down wells in in villages to discover caves. So they were, it was just absolutely amazing. So, well, that's it for the news. Uh, again, we want to thank Shelly for coming on the program. I see that she had to leave, so uh, we look forward to hearing from her again. Uh, we'll, we'll see if she wants to come on next week, maybe, or definitely we'll have her on the week after that when she's completed her open water. So this is the part of the program we talk about last week's dives and, oh my gosh, Don, I've been jealous. You've been, you've been out diving me about four to one. It seems like, <laughs> well, I, I'm glad I have the opportunity. It would have been nice to have a, a buddy, but Hey, I get to dive. I take the dive when I can. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, I will probably need you to go to our uh, website where we've got pictures. Mm -hmm. I've started posting places of um, aerial shots okay. and then sometimes the others. But if you want to segment them into different lakes like Lake Coral, Reynolds Lake, I've got okay. some good pictures of the entry and exit points. Oh, excellent. I'm trying to do that for the new divers. This way they're going to get a good shot. Um the next two dives I'll probably make will be the pure dive from Water Elite. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be doing that one tomorrow. I've got a good aerial shot, and I've got a good surface shot, so people will know where to go on pawpaw. Okay. And then uh, the one that's uh, not LNE Bay. I can't even think of the name of the bay right now. Sherwood Bay. They've got a public access pier. Mm -hmm. uh, I took pictures of that the other day from the air, and I've got some ground shots. And that's one that's got that sunken boat almost directly straight out from the pier. So I'll probably dive that uh, before the dive, the next dive meeting and see if I can find some bones or something. 
and then give a little write-up on it so then people will have at least good locations for the four major places to get onto at uh, Pawpaw. So this is Eleni Bay. Not is this Eleni Bay or not Eleni Bay? Sherwood, Sherwood Bay. Sherwood Bay, but that's right. in Pawpaw Lake. That's correct on the Water Elite side. Oh, okay. So is there? And you said there's going to be bones there. Right. Uh, used to be. I haven't dove that section for a while. Straight out from the public pier, if you just made a, a line and go straight out, you're going to you're going to run across where the bones are splayed open, mm-hmm. like Havana. Or at least ways it used to be, uh, and you're talking only like 15 foot of water. Oh, really? So these are shipwrecks then? Right. That was the, one of the remains from one of the old uh, commuter boats when they used to have the the Crystal Palace and the uh, other pavilions. Okay. They used to go around from the docks from Alani Bay and around. That's where one of them wound up. Okay. Now was that one that it sunk on its own, or they just kind of parked it and it? They let sort it go down. And that's the way it landed. Oh, okay. Well, and then we a... need to get back over to that one area and start looking for the house. Yeah, that now that would be exciting. I'm, I'm well, looking. I, I did paddle out to look for that, and uh, you've got the weeds out there that are easy, fifteen foot, mm-hmm. uh, high density. So it's it's kelp is nice in comparison with the weeds because these are two congested they're mats you almost have to go over them to drop down to the slope which is about 15 16 feet before you can start having some pretty good visibility and get the heck out of those weeds huh now what the, what causes that is it just how the weeds grow or is there something there that well you've got you know it was sort of funny you look at your uh, topics for the day mm-hmm. one i had an anecdotal comment on the gray whale the, the one i remember is it's a long while ago at Gitmo, um, Guantanamo. Yep. Uh, you know, it's a marine base and the other items, but they used to put anti-submarine nets out there where our ship would come in and, and dock. And I remember an incident where the alarms went off. They got a little, they thought, they thought they had captured a mini-sub coming in to the harbor. Uh-huh. And it turned out to be a whale shark. One of those 40, 50 footers? Yeah. Now that's freaking massive. Wow. So I thought that was funny about the fishing nets. I just remember that made me remember that one from Gitmo years ago. And then when you started talking about the killer seaweed, uh, one of the big threats we have right now in Michigan, it started, uh, not started, but there's big articles on it in Texas. It's, uh, it's called Hydrella. Mm-hmm. I put an article in the newsletter this this week on uh, different aquatic plants to Michigan because I think it's going to be important that we start to look at some of this and recognize what we're looking at and see if we start to see some of the invasive species that are coming up here. Because uh, there's one of them that multiplies. It's If it had a half an acre, in seven days it'll be an acre. Seven days from that it's two acres. Seven days from that it's four acres. It multiplies every seven days. Wow. You see it, they definitely want to know about it so they can get doing something about it. And probably the biggest one I've seen around here is hydrilla. And uh, they've got some surveys we can give to the divers if anybody is interested. And if you see any of this kind of stuff, they really need you to report it. Okay. Well, I, so, I, I, that sounds like a good excuse for when we're out next time uh, 
taking some samples and maybe posting some pictures because I wouldn't know any of this. You know, if I'm out diving, I would just think that's an underwater plant. I wouldn't know one is invasive and one is natural. And that's true. And the reason I started looking at it, it was um, I was curious on the different type of weeds I was seeing. And I really couldn't. I, I knew what they looked like. I could explain them to guys who had seen them, like the algae blooms and the big green balls that you can find on the bottom. I wanted mm-hmm. to find out, what do you really call those? So I was uh, looking that up. And Michigan does have some free literature that you can get from the uh, natural resources. And uh, I think in the in the newsletter, I went ahead and gave a, a, a link to one of them. And we might even talk about that next next show. You can put the link on there. Mm-hmm. But that is definitely worthwhile looking at of what am I swimming on? Because a lot of it you're going to recognize. You really will. Now, now, how were some of these invasive species introduced? Those were these like from uh, aquariums. Actually, that's exactly right. You've got some of the the exotic animals, fish and stuff. They had them in aquariums, and then they let them go. Huh. Uh, biggest one I was listening to last week was the one in um, Missouri, and I more of those senior moments, and I can't think of the uh, the area they're talking. But they really think they have a, a birthing place for piranha that people had actually been putting the piranha in there. And instead of the ice killing them, uh, they had a study said if it's less than 56 degrees, it really pretty much kills the fish, meaning the uh, piranha. Mm-hmm. Well, they found some places there that the water stays at 58 during the winter. Ah. And they're saying that when you can catch four piranha spread out in the lake, in a summer, people are not putting four piranha in the lake and letting four people accidentally catch them. They really think that they've got a place that they're breeding. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be quite interesting. Yeah. But that definitely is invasive. Uh, that would really screw up my day. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I really want to be uh, a snack for a fish at all. Well... The, the kicker on the piranha, though, is if you're not injured and you're in your wetsuit, unless you've got some reason for them to en masse get you, you know, they're not. Because people swim with them anyway. Right. But uh, still the idea, uh, looking at the pictures of the ones they caught, they were a pretty healthy fish. And definitely when you took the, when you look to take the hook out of their mouth, it's like, oh, grandma, what big teeth you have. Yeah. That your, got your attention. So that was interesting. So it's not just weeds, but it's, and, and again, the Asian carp. Yes. Those suckers can kill you. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff out there. And anyway, I started looking at the seaweed because it was interesting. And after diving Dayton Lake, when I ran into you name it, it was there. Uh, I thought, I'm going to look up and see if I can name some of this stuff I'm running into. So I'm going to share it with the club and, uh, I think some people will be interested in it, some won't, but I think those who are will be rewarded because it's educational. Certainly it is. It, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I've got to get out there and check the latest newsletter. Uh, those those overhead photos are going to be great, too. So you, you, which lakes did you get those of? Well, I went ahead and got some of Lake Cora. Okay. Um because if that's the two accesses people like to use, the east and the west one for their uh, classes. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got Reynolds Lake, but I haven't posted anything on it. And the same thing with uh, Eagle Lake. I've got good shots of them that I can use later. Okay. Uh, I put another one in for the turning basin because that's another place you guys haven't dove. But since they just uh, scoured the bottom, basically taking up muck out of it, uh, it's down to about 18 to 20 feet deep now. But in the old days, when the boats would come in and turn around, the props would kick up the bottles on the bottom and kick them towards shore. We haven't dove that area in 15, 20 years. So that's not where we're going in by the water tower then. No, 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 no. It's, but it's around the bend. Okay. It's between the two bridges. Oh, okay, so that's where the turning basin is. So I've right. been incorrect. And, and I put a picture, I think, on the web uh, talking about the turning basin. And we're definitely going to have to visit that one. Oh, certainly. Now, is that one that's better as the in the winter? Or is that something yeah, we can dive down? Yeah, that's a winter one because of the boat traffic. Okay. Yeah, I think everybody's probably going to be a little anxious or getting in their boats now and and heading down. So, uh, so where's the dive tomorrow that you're planning on? Uh, I'll probably go to the water bleed side and do that pier dive. Okay. Thought about taking the metal detector while I was out there. It's supposed to be a pretty decent day, and I was going to go Saturday, but uh, nobody came back and told me where they're diving, so I'm going to fly down to. Uh, 40s down in Ohio. They're having a fly-in down there with free food, so I'm going to go to that. Okay. It's not really free because you're going to pay an arm and a leg for gas. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. taking my plane. We're going to take a different plane down there. Yeah, yeah uh, I. Yeah, I, I was. I'm not going to be able to dive Saturday. Uh, they've got that. It's a hundredth anniversary for the uh, Boy Scouts, and they have a jamboree going on there in uh-huh. South Bend. So I'll be there. But I'm hoping I can fit something in Sunday. I don't. I don't think I can handle going a weekend without a dive. Well, uh, right now I have a tentative Sunday one also, and that will be the other pier that I was talking about in uh, the other bay. But I'll let you know, or if I wind up going there, I'll let you know. Okay. Well, I, I have. See my post looking for somebody to go to the river in uh, South Bend. Okay. No, I, I didn't see that so uh and that's the to do that search we were talking about yes yes for the crystal ball yep yeah it's gonna have to be the weekend when they're not working on the bridge or after five o'clock because otherwise it'll it could create a gapers blocker or something i just it's i prefer not to be out there when they're working on the bridge okay yeah i'm up for something like that about the you know the I just got to watch the kids' games, and other than that, get in. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. I want to, I want to get at least. Uh, I like to drain four tanks a week. That would be, uh, that'd be, I think, a good slow week for me. <laughs> but uh, we did get to uh, Lake 16 this last weekend. Uh, Jim sounds like had a good time there. Yeah, Jim couldn't make it, but uh, I went up with uh, Bob and Kurt. And, uh, you know, we got blown off the big lake. We were planning on uh, doing a dive. I think they were going to go dive uh, one of the wrecks off of South Haven. But just with the, the storms and the wind, it was too much, which is good because it would have been a, it would, it would have been terrible no matter how you look at it. So it's a Lake 16, and we were expecting to see whitecaps there. But uh, it was choppy. Uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, so we, we were kind of not expecting much. 
but the Viz was probably the, other than the ice dive, the best I've seen there. Oh, that's excellent. And what was even more surprising, and Bob and Kurt both said the same thing, was it was bright at the bottom. At 80 feet, we had at least 20, 25 feet visibility, and it was lit. You're kidding. No, you could, I mean, it wasn't, you know, once your eyes got adjusted to it, you were seeing more than your dive light was illuminating. Wow. Well, you know, when you and I went down, we took the tagline out from that one boat. We just stopped 60 feet and looked back. Looking back, you could see the hole and stuff. Looking behind us, you couldn't see diddly squat. No, it was much brighter than that at at 80 feet. I mean, the, the bottom was... I mean, it was illuminated. You could see, and it wasn't. A, it wasn't a bright sunny day. It was overcast. Yeah. So yep. I'm. I don't know. Maybe the light was different. Is that possible that the clouds just? You know, it's kind of like how polarizing. You know, light. You know, if, if it's bright sunlight, it reflects off the surface. Maybe, and an overcast day, it was just more general light. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it was uh, good visibility and and. Uh, you know, the uh, temperature I recorded 37 at the bottom. So it was a little colder than it had been the time before. And I don't know how to explain that. Uh, Kurt measured 39, which is I had the, the two weeks before. But uh, we did the, the normal circuit. They don't quite take me out to the... We, we did the first dive out there a couple weeks ago. We went the long course. But, you know, I about, you know, sucked the tank in uh, when I got up. Uh, uh, this time I, I didn't have a whole lot extra, but we did do a little bit of playing around the platform on the way in and just some general stuff. And, and we're not seeing the, the dead fish like we had been the previous week. So I don't know what it was we were seeing other times, but uh, a good dive. And there are a lot of divers out there too. I bet there was another six or eight divers uh, at the same time, you know, some were there when we got there and others came after we left. So a uh, little chilly, though. I did. Standing. Yeah, I did have to prime my wetsuit, but I didn't have long johns underneath. So I was dressed a little thinner. But, uh, you know, I I did feel the cold. It wasn't un, unmanageable, but, uh, you know, just uh, when, you, when you get out and that wind's blowing, it, it's definitely a little chillier than other times so we'll have to see what we do this week i know jim uh is is he tried out his boat last weekend so yeah, saw the pictures that was good yep yeah the, his son actually had better pictures than uh what he posted i, I gave jim some grief i said he must have had it on telephoto because the only thing he had was the little logo of the boat that i could see at first but uh It'll be a nice boat, a boat to get in. Not exactly a dive boat, but uh, you know it will float, and we can get people in it, and well, it'll be good for diving. And that also gives us a little bit extra capacity as a club for uh, for diving too, if uh, we want well, to get out there. It's nice just having a safety boat, even yes. if they didn't dive or you had one diver. Having another boat is good because you can always tow somebody. Yeah. Well, what I'm also wondering is if, and and maybe this is crazy talk, but. You know, Bob's boat, what's nice about it being that Zodiac is it's easy to get in and out. So, I mean, does it make sense if you're diving in a group where you would, uh, you, know, you might, 
you, I mean, to take people out, you'd split the group between the two boats, but maybe you'd use the, you know, the boat closer to the water as an entry exit boat. We've done that before. Okay. We've been on the Havana with four different boats before. At the same time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Could we have talked about that this year, that everybody who goes out goes in with a, uh, a five-gallon jug or a, a milk jug? Uh-huh. Then when you're on the Havana, when you find something you like, you tag it. And then when you come up, we take the drawing that we have of it and try to have you enhance the drawing over that area that you put your float because you liked it. Okay. And give you a spatial vision on the surface of the item. So when you get a GPS coordinate, you can better in your mind say, okay, with this heading, this is where the buoys are. This is the way I need to drag my line to catch the wreck. Oh, okay. Or, of course, by then we should have a buoy. Yeah. And then there's talk about looking for the anchor this year, and if we find it, who wants to make it a goal to bring the anchor up or at least uncover it and leave it by the wreck? Okay. I think that would be something interesting to do. We're always looking for some other skills to to do on do on a wreck or while we're diving. Uh, you're talking a time-consuming item because to dig up that anchor is not going to be a a three-hour dive or anything like that. It'll be a long Yeah, it'd still be fun. It's an experience, yeah. So, yeah, definitely going to have to to get in. And uh, one, one thing that's going to be interesting, I'm like I said, I'm doing that 100-year that uh, scouting jamboree in South Bend, but I understand they're going to have scuba diving there because it's a new merit badge. Huh. So I might be a little distracted over there when we get to that section and, you know, uh, chat with a few people and, you know, see see how that program's coming along. I think that's interesting to get some of the youth diving. Just gives us some future club members. Yep. Where's that going to be at? You had to ask me. Uh, I think it's in the uh, the St. Joe County Fairgrounds. Oh, Okay. So they've got it. There's uh, camping overnight starting tomorrow night and going till Sunday. Uh, we're just going to be there Saturday. I've got tickets for all day, but I think we're probably uh, the kids got something over in Chesterton, Indiana. So I'll I'll we'll grab them and get them over there. Probably I'm guessing. You know, I'm aim for ten, but realistically probably noon, and we'll spend a little bit of time, let them in, enjoy and see what's involved. But. Uh, that, that should be good for that. But I, I definitely got to figure out some way to get in diving. So what time tomorrow are you going on Friday? I uh, really haven't figured out the time. Okay. It's one of those when I get up, I'm going to go out. I've been doing it at high noon because I like the sunlight penetration. Uh, okay. Then I probably will have a job on the lake Monday and Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think Jason and I, we're going to go out there and do some uh, underwater surveying and sample taking for uh, eco firm prism. I don't know if you know the, the firm. I don't, but I, I remember you mentioned that you were going to be doing some of that. Right. They finally got their permits for samples. So weather permitting, we're going to try it Monday. Hopefully it'll be done in a day, day and a half. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my schedule for tomorrow, seeing what I got. It's, but it's one of those weeks where we just put in a ton of time. So, yeah, who knows? I might play hooky tomorrow. We'll just have to see what I, how I, how I feel once I get into work. 
Well, if you start to play hooky one day, let me know. We'll do the uh, river down there in South Bend <laughs> after <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> we can well, just do half a day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, whenever whenever you want to do that, uh, the only thing I like I said I got to check for that is make sure my son's not doing uh, doesn't have baseball or the my daughter has softball. Other than that, I'm I'm usually pretty good, especially after five. I can always block out my schedule for a few hours to get down there. So that'll be great. So that about does it for another week's episode. Uh, we'll uh, get back in the normal routine of things when uh, Jim's back next week. Hopefully whatever he's dealing with goes okay. So uh, until next time, everybody go out there and get wet. Absolutely. And let me hit pause on this.